Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcaster named Sean Allen. ASAP, another Sean Allen podcast. ASAP, another uh, Sean Allen podcast. ASAP, subscribe, follow wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify and Apple listeners, rate and write a review. I am Sean Allen, and with me is my special guest today. He is my friend. How long have we known each other? Since 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's oh, almost wow. 10 years. We're almost Don't say 10 years. creeping up on a decade. My friend, that was Isaac, fellow Angelino, the man, the brains, the designer, the CEO, Beast Fashion House Solomon Lawrence. Again, Isaac, thank you for tapping in with me at ASAP, man. What's going on? What's going on? And thank you for the intro. <laughs> thank you. You know, we try to uh, jazz it up a little bit. You actually, too, as I was telling you offline, you made my job extremely easy. Mm-hmm. You kind of changed the format of the show. And that kind of goes into, uh, you know, you're an innovator. You know, you you are a creative person. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may actually have a career in media as well because you actually did a great job with these questions. You ch- I had a whole outline. <laughs> and que- I had my own set of questions lined up, right? You know what I mean. And then you came up with this great idea. Are we calling these people your fans or followers? Whatever. These are my supporters. Your yes. support. Okay, we're calling them supporters. And he's like, let let them ask questions. And I'm like, okay, we could definitely do that. Then I get these questions. I'm like, these are some fire ass questions. And uh, we about to do what it do, but. This is really, really cool. I'm looking at some of these questions now. I, I'm looking at your questions, and I'm looking at my questions. And I'm like, okay, let me just go ahead and delete these <laughs> and stick to this because these are actually some great questions. I called you a fellow Angelino. What part of L.A. are you actually from? I'm from Carson. I'm from Torrance by way of Carson 169th and Avalon. Centerview. Okay, okay. What part? You're from Centerview. The, you're, Centerview, yeah. I went to Ambler. Oh, I did too. Oh, did we have this conversation before? I'm not sure. I know Ray J went to Ambler. I as went well. to. I, I had. I was in class with Ray J. In combination class, yeah. Insane. Yeah, I was in kindergarten. Ray J was in the first grade. Miss Peach, and my what? sister and Brandy were like best friends. Why school did you go to? I went to. So interesting. I went to Golden Valley, which is in Santa Clarita. Right. My mother moved out oh, there. So yeah, I had a little bit. Well, you got money in Carson too, so you right. had a little change. You know, a little bit, and then I went to. Washington. In the hood. In the hood. Wow. So you got the best of both worlds. I did. And to be completely honest with you, like, you know, I loved living in the Valley. I love Santa Clarita, but I definitely felt like I um, was out of place. You know, our struggles were different. Mm, Our struggles were different. You know, my- What was your struggle in Santa Clarita? Well, you know, like the people in my classroom, you know, they're, they're arguing about what new car they're going to get. Oh, right. And I'm over here trying to figure out how I'm going to catch the bus, you know? So, you know, in my classroom, uh, I'm just like, this, it was just it was just different. Right. I moved to the hood. I went to Washington. And you I fell like in place. I fell in place. <laughs> you know? and I Washington like, was tough back in the day. Yeah, it was. Wow. But, I mean, I had a great time. I was the prom king, 2012. Okay. I was there for two years. Um, wow. And my brother was the homecoming king. Oh, wow. So we turned it out. Yeah, twins, too. We're twins, yep. Fucking Washington. How long have you been designing? Um, I want to say since 2013. I went to college for it. Right. Um, I officially started um, the brand in 2019. Was this something that you, since you were small, you knew you wanted to kind of dive into designing clothes, backpacks, and you know what I mean? Was 
I would say so. I've I've been I've been an artist my whole life, right? Um, and I've been really good at being an artist and a creative. Um, I think you know I went to college. I'm like, hey, you know, um, once I graduate, I want to design for someone else, right? And you know, work for Calvin Klein or work for you know events or H and M or Dior or whatever. And my college experience did not align with that. If that makes right. any sense, you know, I went to a four year, right? And my college experience was more business of fashion. Right. So it was almost like how to build a business as opposed to create one. That makes okay. any sense. So you have your FITMs, your Otis, your Parsons, your art institutes, the schools that I wanted to go to. Right. But my mom was like, oh, that's not practical. You know, it's a two-year and it's a hundred-something thousand dollars or whatever the case may be. And I remember going into orientation for um, our institute. Right. And they're like, oh, well, you know, to my mom, uh, you know, your son is talented and he's, 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 a, like, we can see him having potential. If you're interested, you would have to take like a loan out on your house in order to, for him to go to school here, just in case if you cannot pay, the tuition will seize your house or whatever the case may be. So my mom was like, oh, that's it, done. So she's like, I'm shipping you off to a four year and you need to figure it out. So, but you did it. I had no other choice. Wow. How was that experience? Um, what, what school? I know what school you went to, but our listeners might not know. Um, I went to New Mexico State right. University. Um, Coming from LA, <laughs> going to right. New Mexico. I mean, all, all you could do was be focused. You know, right? Really, no distractions. Was okay. there black people there? Very small amount. What city is that in? Las Cruces. I know Albuquerque and Santa Fe. Yeah, <laughs> it's about three hours from Albuquerque. Right. So like you that. have to fly into Albuquerque and catch the Greyhound to Las Cruces. Um, you have to fly into um, El Paso. Oh wow, El Paso, Texas. So that it's not that far from El Paso. Forty-five minutes. Wow. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what's your degree in? My degree is in um, textile design and fashion merchandising. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between getting your education from the four-year versus like the FITM or the Otis? So the difference between besides the cost, well, that too. Yeah, the difference between the two is your Parsons, your art institutes. They're more software driven, right? So they're like, you know, how to design on the computer, and everything is moved overseas. So all fashion. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, houses and fashion brands or whatever they're designing they do it it's all computerized right and that's one of the skill sets that i didn't learn in college you know i'm more like ledgers and 
business plans and, um, you know, accounting, just more like four-year education right. background. They're more creative. So they're like more hands-on of that part. So yeah. do you regret? No, not at all. Okay. Because I feel like you are more like, I don't, I don't want to say, am I saying, I'm about to say old school because mm. you draw. I do draw. Yeah, and digital. I mean, is that is, is there a difference between design though? Like, you know, because you cut and sew and you draw, mm. versus the people that go to the fittings or the oldest and they're doing everything on it. Is there like a difference between like the you know the the clothing or the design or the quality? Does that change anything? Yes. So for me, I actually have to hire someone to do the create like the digital part, right? Which is, like, that's an actual career path in fashion. Wow. Um, those are the fashion designers right. as far as corporate is concerned, the ones who can do it on the computer. And granted, the difference between them and I is maybe two, three courses. Wow. But I got into this place of, you know what, actually, I can do this myself. Right. So that's where I am now, and I'm like, you know, I'm comfortable with the path that I'm on now, designing for myself, right. and, you know, being the, the one who's in the driver's seat. Right. But, so when I sketch things, like I'll sketch, and granted, you know, I'll do the pattern making, I'll do the, the draping, the sewing, right. the first samples, or whatever the case may be, um, and then I can just send it off to right. a supplier overseas. So, I make their job pretty easy for them. Right, right. You know? Let me ask you this, though. Is it, and again, this is not, I don't know nothing about fashion or how to design or anything like that, mm. but... Is it hard to, like, transition from, like, doing it, like, old school way, so to speak, now doing it, like, digital? Is that, like, is what's the learning curve or the gap between? It's, there are some challenges. Um, once, you know, fashion houses or fashion companies here outsourced and did everything overseas, right. they that eliminated the traditional, um Fashion designer, the one right. who was actually sewing and stuff. Because, you know, in order to be a, a fashion designer, there's a lot of overhead costs. There's a right. lot of space. You have to have, you know, fabric warehouses. You have to have sewing machines. You have to have right. buildings and sewers. And it's, it's, it's such a huge overhead cost. Whereas opposed to I'm typing something on the computer, I draw it on the computer, and I ship it out overseas, and they'll do it. Do you look at them different, though, the people that design that way? Like you know, they're paid very well for that. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's tough because I feel like my position has become obsolete. Right. So I have to make the obsolete non-obsolete. Right, right. Um, and, and put an emphasis on traditional design, if that makes any sense. Makes perfect sense. So I respect I, res I respect the craft because the individuals who can maneuver and adjust and adapt and do that computerized skill, you know, I, initially I was so envious of that because I'm like, right. whoa, like that's the difference between me and designing for a corporate office or designing for a, um, a corporate business. I've right. went into several internships i mean not internships i went into several businesses you know applying for a fashion designer I'm like hey you have all the credentials da, 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 da. can you do the computerized software no i don't have that skill well we can't do anything with you wow so it's been tough i mean i went to numerous um and you know a lot of it is you know black being black is one thing but i wouldn't even necessarily say it's you know a racial thing is just uh, the resources. Right. We don't have those classes in high school. Right. We don't have those. And and in order for us to really get that knowledge, like I like I said, you know, parents are having to take out loans on their houses yeah. and stuff in order for you to get that skill. Right. So, and a lot of people who went to your Parsons, your art institutes, dropped out, and they're responsible for these fifty, sixty thousand dollar debts. So, wow. You know, for me, I'm like, I have to make my degree work for me. What is the software called that they're using? It's called uh, CAD, computer, oh, CAD. Um, computer aided design or something like that. Right, right, right. So, and Not, art and um, fashion illustration. Art, or what is it? Art? Adobe Illustrator. Adobe Illustration. There you go. Okay, okay. But CAD is the software. But you know a little bit of CAD and you know some Illustrator. I know enough to manage it. Right. Like, um, I can see it. I can do the breakdowns and stuff like that. But as far as like putting it together, I just haven't had time to really learn it. You know? It is, but it's one of those things because I'm 
very efficient in Adobe, just mm-hmm. in, in general. Once you learn, it's like you don't forget. Right. I, I hopped off Photoshop for like five years mm-hmm. and got back on and was like, oh, everything's coming to me. Right, right, so right. It's one of those things that you don't forget. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the positive thing about, you know, that challenge or what you say to be a challenge is actually help you launch and curate your own. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And work, you know, for you, what works for you. Like you said, turn the obsolete into. Not obsolete, yeah. yeah. What do you think that the problem is with the black designers next to these fashion houses? Like the the black fashion brand. Like there's Solomon Lawrence, there's mm-hmm. Telfar. Did I say that right? Teflar. Teflar. Then there's Gucci and Louis Vuitton. Why aren't they getting the support that these bigger bigger houses are getting? So, you know, when you think about like proximity, right, right, and when you're looking at your Gucci's and your Louis Vuittons and your Pradas, the people who sit beside them are all affluent people, right? Whether they be in real estate, whether they be investors, whether they be in, um, you know, business owners or whatever the case may be, so it's easy for them to invest in a higher price point if they right. because they have the they have the disposable income right as a black designer for myself you know and especially coming from where i came from right i can't lean on the people that are next to me right. because they can afford it so in order for me to be successful i have to rise and uh push in a different market it's unfortunate because it's like a a lot of black designers fall on fast fashion you know what i mean yeah because that's what that's what we are appreciated for. That's what that's what the expectation is, and if you try to surpass um, being fast fashion, it's going to be a struggle. Right now, you're competing with the da da da, and then it becomes a psychological thing. And yeah, like for but the biggest thing is just like proximity and people that are close to you. Like for me, the majority of the people who support me are people I don't even know. Right, like I want to say I'm pushing maybe eighty percent. Yeah, it's always like that. It's always like that. And at first, it was a little disheartening, but I came to terms with it. And I said, you know, like, I can't expect people that are that come from where I come from to be able to afford that, if that makes any right, sense. Right. Unless they, they get good jobs or unless they fall on a lot of money or whatever the case may be. And for me, I don't even think my price points are, are like luxury. I think they're just moderate. Like, I think it's like right in the middle. They give you fast fashion, then you're right in the middle. But why should you have to lower your price? They going out there buying the three, four, five, six thousand dollar bag, hundred dollar bags mm-hmm. for the, from the Gucci's, and you know what I mean. So why should you have to lower your price? Right? That's not fair to you. No, it's not. Well, I would say, and you know, people may clap back and say, you know, I sound crazy for this, but I think when black people are spending that much money on products, they're spending it because they want to be someone else. Right. They want to be Parisian. They want to be, um, you know, European. They want to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Exotic or whatever the case may right. be. So you're, you'll spend that if that makes any sense. Right, right, right. Um, because And it's a status thing. It's a status thing. Yeah. And, and we associate, you know, designers from Paris and designers from London and designers from Italy with... Um, wealth. With wealth. Right. You know, and experience. But it's like, you know, there are some black designers that are just as experienced and has just as much education and blah, 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 blah. So. Yeah, and they, I was just reading the other day, too. They were talking about, te, how do you say it? Tef- Teflar. Teflar? hmm See, I really don't know. Um, he's coming out with a bag that's $600, okay. uh, like a different design or whatever from the tote that we're used to. Okay. So there was this whole discussion online um, saying, like, it's not even real leather and da 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 and then somebody circled back and was like, well, the Louis Vuitton stuff is not even real leather. Just mm-hmm. the handles are leather. And I was like, a lot of people don't know what they're buying. And they no. don't at all. They just see the Louis Vuitton monogram. Mm-hmm. And, and they trust it. Right. But that's for, because of years of... Of buildup and marketing. Right, right. Makes sense. Right. What about these fashion houses that we're, we're talking about that are, you know, racist? We... Prada got in trouble a few times. Mm. Gucci got in trouble a few times for what blackface or a noose mm. or whatever. But we still <laughs> stay in these stores buying this stuff. Like, I th- I think it's 
um, just a lack of 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 knowledge. Right. Like when I was in those, because I worked more in product development, so like product right. integrity, like the logistics sides of fashion. So I sit next to the designers, and when I was in those places, you're 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 looking at maybe one two black people in there. Wow. Two black designers, and the majority of them are females. Right. Um. To this day, I have never met another black designer in corporate fashion for the jobs that I've worked in. Right. Um, I haven't seen it. I've seen, and when I tell you it's so few and far in between, I know exactly what these people look like. I, you know, visually. um, And because of that, they don't have the black voice. Right. They don't have the black voice. They don't know, um, you know, what the disparities are or what's offensive or whatever the case may be. So. But then again, it's you have to invest, but a lot of companies are not investing. Like, even when I went into those places, like, I was the employee, like, hey, like, I will actually cut my hours just to intern for free, come in on the weekends or whatever the case may be, just to learn from right. you guys as far as the design is. Oh, no, well, we're not really into apprenticeships. We're not really into internships. Right. Like, no, we're comfortable with you being here doing the logistics. We're comfortable with you being in this right. place. So a lot of companies There's are a lot of gatekeeping. A lot of gatekeeping. Um, so I came to the realization if I wanted the reality that I wanted, I had to build it myself. Yeah, definitely. That's some uh, L.A. blood right there, man. LA blood. Because we are definitely got an entrepreneur spirit out here. I mm. really think that that's just a part of the fabric of being from there. Right. You know what I mean? Starting, I got my own shit too. That's so. right. Your stuff, though, has been on TV. And it's funny because we are talking about Ray J earlier. Mm-hmm. Ray J has been a big supporter of yours. Yes. Is that the connection from Carson? No. Oh, wow. He, he had no idea. Wow. I, I end up telling him in the studio. He's like, wait, no, no, you didn't. I'm like, no, I went to the same school you went to. Right. So, And, and interestingly enough, I've been in the shadows. I was actually an intern at his wedding. He didn't know that either. So I was dressing Ray J in the game and Safari and uh, what's the guy with the pearls? I forgot his name. A <laughs> one. A one. Yeah. So I, you know, the game is eating hot wings and you know in the reception area, and I'm you know tailoring the pants or whatever the case may be. Um, I was working for Octavius. He's I know an Octavius. Incredible. Yeah. Black designer. I've known him for years. Yeah, he's amazing. He's. Yeah. Room official, right? Room official. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did the. Uh, he did do Ray J's tuxedo and shit. He did, and I was his intern. So wow, how did was, that work out? With it was an incredible, incredible experience. Um, I was interning for him for maybe, I think six months for right. like the summer or whatever the case may be. Right, it's a great experience. Yeah. So shout out to Octavius. He's in Atlanta now, right? That's right. Yeah, shout out to Octavius. Wow. So and then you were on Fresh Prince of LA, the reboot. Yes, first, second, and third episode. Can we dive into how that happened? So, actually, they shot that maybe eight months ago. Wow, eight. So you knew it was coming. Oh, I knew it was coming. You know, and the but the the funny thing is the tracksuits had already sold out before the launch of the show. Right, right. But um, it was interesting. Um, one of the stylists like that follows me or whatever reached out. His name's Fernando. Right incredible um stylist right so he says hey you know you know i've been following you since you were in college i've been watching your growth like you know i definitely want to see like what this Solomon lawrence brand is about um and i was going to reach out when the opportunity presented itself right so he said hey um you know he said hey i'm styling for own network and you know we're interested in pulling some not even pulling they bought everything wow Bought everything. So they bought every tracksuit, face mask, all of that. So he takes it to the network, and they fell in love. And they said, hey, you know, um, whoever that designer is, tell him to keep designing. I think that's what he said, Oprah said, or something like that. So That's um, dope. Yeah, it was cool. I'm like, oh, shit. But um, so he ended up getting promoted to the Will Smith family, like, for that project right and he's like yo like we're moving some of your pieces over right so he came back said hey what else do you have i said i just got this new backpack in and boom it's the very first backpack design they loved the directors loved your backpack the 
and they want to shoot it as the hero backpack, which is basically the residual backpack in the show. So it was like, and I'm the like, backpack is a character. Yeah, it was a it was the first sample. It was the first backpack uh, that I, you know when when samples are approved, they come they come in. I have to approve them. I have to do the quality inspection. So I just said, well, you know, just take it, take it there. It was like, no, well, we're keeping it. I'm like, oh, okay. So then he told me, yo, like they they're gonna keep it uh, for the for the show and the track suits and da da da. And then he said, you know, it's gonna be featured on the Super Bowl. Wow, the tracksuit. Um, they end up shooting the tracksuit on the first episode, first scene. So, and and you know the interesting thing is the way that they shot the stuff um, was such an impact to my business because like the character is happy. He's pro- he has pride when he's putting the outfit on. Like he's right. excited. He's oh wow, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so dope. Um, and Carlton on the show comes from a I'm fluent getting family. Chills listening to it. It was it was crazy, right? Yeah. A fluent background, you know, he's the, um, I don't know if he's like the valedictorian of the school or something like that. So I have to, right. you know, check back in, but, you know, drives a nice car from this beautiful mansion and he's walking out this these big doors with my backpack on. So, you know. It's interesting. What an intro, right? What an intro. What an intro, man. What an intro. So your phone, Instagram, everything's blowing up. It has been, and that show has been like a trending topic. It's been, it's good. It's yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, really enjoy the reboot. They did a great job, actually. That's dope too. That you know, being from here and benefiting from mm-hmm. being from here on both mm-hmm. sides. You know what I mean? With the entrepreneurship mm-hmm. spirit that you have, the hustle spirit that you have, but then in Hollywood, making the waves in Hollywood as well. You know right. what I mean? So that's dope that you are able to benefit. Both of us, you know, are able to benefit and maximize, you know, being from here. And uh, any other TV projects, movies that you got on the horizon that we should know about and look support? We got to stay tuned. Okay, okay. You never know. It may <laughs> pop up somewhere, so. That, well, let us know, man, because we definitely going to be supporting and Thank you. run those views up whenever we see Solomon Lawrence <laughs> brand. Come across the screen. Try right. to give me a few pieces too, but let's dive into these questions that your supporters That's right. on Instagram have asked you. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say their name. That's fine. Okay, and we're gonna drop this episode. We're gonna tag them in the response. Cool. We're gonna have fun with this. <laughs> Lil underscore Caesars. How are you combating with racial inequality with the new line? So I would say for me, you know, I make it a point to to um, incorporate and include as many black people in my project as possible because I know what it feels like to be left out. Right. Um, so when I had an intern, you know, I'm, I'm teaching him everything that I did not know right. and everything that I've learned to incorporate um, when, when he was interning for me or whatever the case may be. Right, right. Um, I make it a point to showcase black beauty. Um, with the models and so and so and so and so, so I think that's kind of been my my pathway. Right. You know, I feel like I, I definitely want to create a brand, and I wouldn't say for us. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to be inclusive and include everyone. Right. Um, but I want it to be a safe space. Right. Where you know, black designers can come in and say, "Hey, you know, I'm a creative, and I actually want to do fashion design or whatever the case may be." Um, and we can invest in them in the ways that I felt like I wasn't invested in. So, right. Yeah, I think that's my, that's my call to action. This is from AJ Crimson. Okay. <laughs> How has AJ Crimson mentorship helped to elevate you in your success journey? <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to AJ. Um, he's an incredible person. He's actually a business owner himself. Right. Um, Makeup mogul. Um, he's actually a really, really close friend of mine. So we talk about business, I want to say maybe three times a week. Wow. So that's what he means by mentorship. He's 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 being comical, but um we talk all the time. Right. Ab- about like, you know, marketing or hardships or, you know, whatever the case may be. So we kind of ping pong ideas off of one another. Right. Nagasi underscore blood. What have been your most powerful affirmations? My most powerful affirmations would be 
one, you're you're good enough, you're good enough, right? You're qualified enough. Um, success doesn't happen overnight. Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Um, and there is very little room for doubt, and you can't move in fear. K V H L E E L. I don't know what that says, but his was. His question is fashion inspirations, inspirations in general. I would say Teflar is one. Um, Olivier Roosting is like one of my idols. Um, I forgot the designer. Uh, I think it's like Chappelle. Um, he does like all of like the Kardashian wear. He's a black designer too. He's incredible. Really? Rico Chappelle? I think no. it's Rico Chappelle. Okay. Laquan Smith. Sorry. Oh, Laquan, Laquan Smith. Yes. Funny story about him. Laquan Smith. When I was in New York, uh, 2008, 2010, those two years, he was just starting off. Mm-hmm. And his assistant or his right-hand name was a girl named Jackie. Mm-hmm. And to see what it turned into years from now, I'm just like, wow. That's incredible. And we were kind of like, well, I wasn't because I don't know nothing about fashion. But they were like, "Nigga, you ain't go, you ain't go make it." And and and, and that's the unfortunate thing because a lot of people look at black designers that way. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a competitive field, number one. But it's 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 hard when people are not really supportive. You get what I mean? The biggest thing too, I remember with Laquan was they were telling him that he has to do something about his name, and he didn't. And he didn't. And his stuff is beautiful. When I get into the construction of designs, his stuff is so intricate. Right. Like the way the placement, his seam lines, um, the where he places his darts, his 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 fabric choices. Um, incredible designer. Shout and out to Laquan Smith. I remember that. I remember him from back in the day in New York. Oh yeah, he's doing it, doing it, doing it. Virgil, what do you think about Virgil? Virgil Blow. He's an amazing too. And he's more on the he's more on corporate sector, so for him to to reach that level of success is is so few and far in between. Is it really good, or is it because it's good because it's like popular? Um. Well, is the, it you know what I mean? Is it really and, innovative? You know, rest in peace, Vir- Virgil. But mm-hmm. like, I think it's very difficult for it not to be very good, and the reason is is because he walked into a house that was already built. Right. Okay. You know? uh, Louis Vuitton was already built before he walked in. Right. So I'm not going to say it was easy because definitely wouldn't say that. But um, him walking into that role and him being able to lead um, like whatever collections he was over, um, I would feel like it's more like a seamless process. Um, but I definitely think that he definitely contributed, like the whole well, orange links and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yes, um, but I, I, you know, I don't want to say too much. Rest in peace, Virgil. Mm-hmm. It's like a parody, though. Some some of the stuff is kind of like funny, right? If it, if, it, if this wasn't Virgil, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have like the. I mean, I got a rug, the the grass rug that mm-hmm. says wet grass. Mm-hmm. I paid a lot of money for that, right? But it's like, oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of like satirical pieces right um i would say um black people have been looking to invest and support and um someone at that level for a long time right so for him to walk into that just like uh, and i'm not comparing barack obama but when he came into office it was an immediate flood of support right because we've been waiting for that person to to assume that role the same thing with virgil when he walked into that position Black people who could afford Louis Vuitton and black people who could afford designer brands were like, oh, let's support our brother. Right. You know, right. Um, that's been in that um, position. So, relatively speaking, I'm assuming whatever he would have put out, it would have been bought just because of him coming, you know, from the black community. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? So, yeah, but I, feel, I do feel like it's like, it's not that it's not that groundbreaking. Like so okay, the, the act of what he is doing and walking into a house that's already built is groundbreaking. Okay, but the exactly and the, but the actual pieces are not to me 
like I feel like what Markami did with Louis Vuitton is more innovative or mm. more, you know what I mean? Like, okay, mm. you know? Well, the thing is, a lot of black designers, they come from streetwear. Okay. You know? And a lot of streetwear is your graffitis, your 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 branded merchandise, your your logos, your right. your your um your slogans or whatever, your wet grass or whatever the case may be. So right. we come from 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 that. So the, uh, it's a lane in itself. But I think that it becomes like like hype beast culture. Like right. the they make a certain amount of these pieces. Mm. We see them. We want them. So the demand and the price is all the way up, even though it probably really ain't. All of that. You know what I mean? Like Supreme, and I feel like Virgil definitely did that with Louis Vuitton. This question is from DJ A. Rodsky. What's been the biggest lesson you've learned during the whole process of building your brand? One of the biggest lessons I want to say is marketing. Is I mean, there's huge uh, opportunity in marketing. Right. Um, I think coming from a creative place, it's just like, you know, I spend so much time on the design itself right. and the development and blah, 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 blah. When it gets to marketing, I'm like, yeah. Right. But that's but, the biggest. Yeah, it's huge. Marketing is 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 a huge thing. And now reels are extremely important. Well, that's what Virgil. I think that's what that is. Yeah. The marketing. Not because the design is. The marketing of it. Yeah. Booming. What is the biggest lesson you learn? The biggest lesson that I've learned is um, you have to grow with your business. Right. So, you know, my dad was a a retired football player. Right. Um, He played for the Raiders. And when I graduated college, I said, you know, hey, I want to start a business. I want to start my own clothing line. So my dad's like, just like he's always been, oh, well, you need to present me with the business plan, blah, 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 um, in order for me to take a look at it. So that's exactly what I did. I put the business plan together. Okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? How is it going to be executed? What do the designs look like? Blah, 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 blah. So my dad ended up giving me 20000 saying, figure it out. Okay. But the, the thing is, it's, you know, 20000 is a dent when it comes to the fashion game. Right. And I'm thinking, oh shit, I got twenty thousand dollars. I can, I can move and shake with twenty k. Right. So what did I do? I went out and I had, um, I designed the dopest jackets, genuine leather jackets, um, intricate cuts, um, tailored pants, tops, track suits, all of that stuff. And right. this is the very first. This was in 2019, right? Um, and I'm coming out and I'm, you know, I'm putting my foot down. Five six hundred dollars for the jacket. You know the jacket was expensive to make. Right. I had twenty k. I, I produced everything. Blah 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 blah. Nothing moved for a whole year. So you know I fell into this depression. Right. Like damn, maybe I'm not cut out for this whole design thing. Right. Um, but I had to come to realization that, you know, you know, you have to, you have to prove yourself, especially for that price point. Right. So I sat on everything for a year, thinking like, oh, and you know, people are watching. You know, whole social media is watching. Well, you ain't really sold no units. Right. <laughs> You're trying to sell a $600 jacket. And, you know, my friends were like, or the people that were my friends at the time, $600 for a leather jacket is way too much. You need to come down to, to $300, $200. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. There's no margin there. Like, right. for a genuine leather jacket to be intricate cut and tailored and da 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 No. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I was working at Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's at the time. So I have this full inventory. I'm working at Nordstrom um, from from 8 a.m. to 4. I'm sorry. Yeah, 8 a.m. to 4. And I'm working from, from 4 to close or 5 to close at Bloomingdale's. Wow. So I'm working like 12 hours a day for all this inventory. So what ended up happening was... Uh, COVID hit. Um, they furloughed me at both jobs. You know, this is the beginning, so everyone's getting furloughed. And at Northshire, at Northshire in the in the corporate office, it's like office. It's like an office. It's a closed warehouse. Um, no insulation. At, pretty much everyone was getting sick, so they shut the whole building down. Right. So, fall into the depression again. 
Right. And I'm like, yo, I've been, I'm, I'm working 10, 11 hours a day. I'm just, I still have to be responsible for the development of this brand. I'm doing the website stuff and the designs and blah, blah, blah. What ended up happening was, um, you know, I got furloughed. I end up walking. I said, you know what, F it. I'm going to take my clothes. And I'm going to see if I can do consignment. You know, I have inventory. So I went um, to Melrose. And the first store I went to was Wasteland. So I walked in and said, hey, like, you know, like I'm a designer. How much are you willing to take for, like, this jacket? The the guy said, oh, we'll buy it for, from you for $60. And I'm like, what? $60? That, the jacket costs more than $60 to right, me. Right, right, right. So I was completely insulted. Right, the leather alone is. Yeah, the leather alone is more than $60. Right. So I'm like, I'm, I'm insulted and, and, and I'm discouraged. But I didn't let it stop me. I went, I walked up all of Melrose, and then I came down to this last store. And um, I walked in on the, I guess that was the owners of the business. Right. They were having a meeting. And they're like, I'm like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, who are you? And I have this big suitcase. And um, I said, hey, you know, I heard that you guys do consignment, like, um, I was wanting to see if you guys could represent me in your store or whatever the case may be. So the owner said, okay, well, look, let's see your stuff. So I opened up the suitcase, and I'm, like, nervous as all get out and, like, shaking a little bit. And they said, we've seen this stuff before. And I said, well, I haven't done any marketing, so uh, you must be mistaken. And the owner of the business said, no, we've seen this before, and you were the person who was wearing it. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, we saw you at LA Fashion Week. And we were both talking about, who's that guy with that tracksuit wow. on? It was crazy. And he said, who's that guy with that tracksuit on? That's a dope tracksuit. And he said, when can you have your stuff in the store? I said, I could bring it tomorrow. He said, great, we'll see you tomorrow. Bring the whole collection. And I'm, in that moment, I'm still trying to sell myself. Like, well, you know, the this quilted in the inside of this jacket and this genuine leather, blah, 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 and the hardware. And then they're still looking like, well, we already made the decision. Like, go get your stuff. Right. And then they look at the leather jacket and they say, oh, we can sell this for $1,500, $1,600. And he's telling me this. <laughs> Absolutely not. You won't be able to sell this jacket. And I'm telling him, I'm like, from my experience, um, you're not going to be able to sell it. No, well... Well, yeah, well, yes, we can. Wow. That confidence they had. Oh, they had the confidence. But here's the thing. I said, well, I've been trying to sell this jacket for 600 and it's not sold for over a year. We can sell this jacket for 1600 They called me the next week. Oh, we sold your jacket for 1600 <laughs> So I'm shook. I said, oh, it's a one-off occurrence. So one person came in and bought the jacket for 1600 Like, that was just a one-off thing. They ended up calling me the next week. Oh, we sold four more jackets. Wow. I end up bringing the whole line of um, leather jackets into the Melrose, and they've sold those, everything. Yeah, they sold those jackets for sixteen. Are you still in business with these people? Absolutely, my stuff is still in Melrose, Cosmo <laughs> and Donato. I'm um, the store, and they're actually one of like the most highest retailers on, on Melrose. Melrose. Mm-hmm. They've been in business for a minute. They've been in business for years, so they know the the market. They know. The game. You probably got so much game from them. Absolutely. They, they were actually um, Nicki Minaj's uh, original stylist, like when she first came out. Wow. So they used to style her. Are they black? No, they're Italian. It's crazy that mm-hmm. the biggest, the biggest, you know, push or support you got. It was from, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And, but that confidence they came at you with was like. It was, yeah, it was, it was wild. Wow. And I'm like, you, impossible. But it, it, so what I took from that is you can be exceptional at what you're doing. Right. You can be great. But if you're not in the right space, it falls on deaf ears. Right. And I felt like for me, for such a long time, I just felt like I wasn't great because I was in the wrong circle. Yeah. You know? And then these people. Yeah. Totally changed the whole, that was, that must have felt good. It, it felt incredible. And the thing is, you know, I'm still in this naive space right. that um, what ended up happening was, I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, damn, this was easy. 
I'm thinking it's going to be a mountain in the molehill to get into a store. Right. And um, I'm like, oh, well, maybe maybe they're just taking anybody off the street. You know? I thought that's what I, that's what I assumed. Right, right. The manager of the store ended up quitting. And the reason why is because he had got that job to work in that store. And he was working there, I want to say, two years because he wanted to be a designer represented in the store. Right. And it was, a, you know, a white guy. And he's like, I've been trying to get into this store for two years. And he hasn't. And for you to walk in and have one conversation and they furnished the store with your stuff the next day, very next day, he wasn't having it. Wow. That was but a slap in the face to him, but the, that was like, yeah. t- that probably filled you up. He ended up pulling me on the side. I was like, this is off the books or whatever. But he ended up pulling me on the side and said, hey, um, I have some designs. Can I put your labels in it? So when I take it to them, whatever I was bringing in, they was taking it, right. whatever it was. So I, so now that you're the now that you're the voice of fashion, I have these designs. And granted, the the guy he wasn't a designer; he was actually just like getting wholesale pieces, right? Wholesale pieces, and and obviously a person knows what's what's quality and what's not, right? So he's like, you know, hey, um, you know, let's go into business together, or whatever. Can we put your labels and we can split, right? We can split the profit. I said absolutely not. So why not? Because it's a disservice. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna liquidate my business like that. Right. Um, especially because there were wholesale pieces he was getting from Alibaba. <laughs> so <laughs> So the quality wasn't there. No, I'm like, you're not I'm not gonna taint my, my, my brand for that. Right, right. Um he ended up you're crazy. You're out of your mind. Do you know how many ghetto brands I done? See? Yeah, he was the whole thing. How many ghetto brands I done supported on Melrose? When you come to your right senses, um, hit me back um, so we could talk about business. Sure did. And I printed the conversation and gave it to the owners. And he lost his job. And that was that. Wow. Black ghetto brands. I'll show you ghetto. And <laughs> you did just that. Per this last email. And that was that. And then the owners of the shop was like, oh, we really, really messed with you. You being honest, you got integrity, you know, you're not trying to beat the system or yeah. cut any corners. Mm-hmm. That was some good character right there that yeah. you that you demonstrated. Wow. <laughs> this guy's unemployed. <laughs> Probably, you know. Was it was the stuff that he was trying to? Uh, it was horrible. It was terrible. It was like it was just cut and sew t shirts. Or I hate when people say because I have t shirts, I have merch or whatever. They were like, "Oh, you design t shirts? Are you a clothing designer?" I'm like, "No, I own Photoshop and I print." <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the I was like, there's people out here who really cut and sew and design. Mm-hmm. I said I make an image on Photoshop or I make something on Photoshop, some art. No. Stop it on, I'm not a clothing designer at all, by any means. I have some merch, but I'm not a clothing designer. And I feel like that is insulting to people like you who, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But do, you do have T-shirts, though, right? No, not yet. Are you? You're no not? T-shirts yet. Oh, well, well, the T-shirts that I have, I'm sorry, I don't have graphic T-shirts. Okay. I do have T-shirts, though, like cut and sew T-shirts. Right, and even right. those are like seams and tailored T-shirts and stuff. And what's the same to store on Melrose? Cosmo and Donato. Cosmo and Donato. It's on Melrose and Glam Squad. I'm sorry. So it's Glam Squad, but the owners are Cosmo and Donato. It's Glam okay, Squad. Okay. They've, been there Glam for, Squad. they've been there for years. Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But short term and long term goals when it comes to fashion. Short term would be really making a a um online presence. Right. You know, really taking over social media, really taking over like the online presence. Long term goals is to have like a, a actual storefront. Right. You know, I envision me having like a museum style storefront to where, well, because you know I'm a creative, I actually right. paint too. Yeah. So like have paintings, like a gallery style store to where not only are you shopping for art pieces, but like sculptures or right. and clothing what pieces as well. So that's the that's the long term goal. On Melrose. If I could pay the if I could pay that cost, how much they charging for rent on Melrose? I have no maybe maybe five thousand a month. You see that girl with the uh, the wave caps? Yeah, 
her store shut down too. Is it? Yes, yeah, I think like a day or two after the year she opened it up, it shut down. They said that her wave caps were like overpriced, and she was a terrible person, terrible business person. I saw that on yeah, social media. Yeah. So you that, have to be a good person, especially if you're the the, the forefront of your business. You yeah, definitely, man, because the world is so small. Your reputation is everything, too. Yo, so what do our listeners need to do ASAP? So one of the cool things that we have going on right now is our pre-sale feature, right? So what you guys want to do is hop online at ISLbrand.com. Check out the pre-sale tab. You guys can locate it in, like, the top menu, and it should drop down. And basically, all the new items will be added to that tab. So those are all the new items that are coming in. Um, and you guys will get those before anybody else. So not only do you get them before anybody else, you guys save 30 to 40% off. As well as you guys get like other incentives as well, like promo codes, additional promo codes, or or points to your account. So those are pretty cool too. If you guys aren't following me on Instagram, follow me at Solomon Lawrence or ISL Brand. That's my business page. I got 300 followers, so don't judge me. And um, you guys can also follow me on Twitter, too. And that's ISL Brand as well. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me. It was no problem, man. such a great experience. Thank you so much for shedding a light on my business. Thank you so much for, you know, walking me through this journey and talking about it. Thank you so much for for allowing me to talk about my products and stuff like that. So I'm extremely grateful. I'm excited. You guys, make sure you guys use SLPS 2022. It should be um, in the pre-sale tab too. So you guys should see it in the um, description. Or you guys can use ASAP 2022 to save 20% on all items online. So thank you guys for listening. That's a little token to you guys. Again, that's ASAP 2022. Yeah. Matchonmatch.com is a black-owned online micro-marketplace that offers maximum exposure dedicated to black and brown creatives, content creators and entrepreneurs alike. Need help with a product launch, website or designing merch? Email us at info at merchonmatch.com or click the link in the description of this episode. And for ASAP listeners, we are offering free shipping with code ASAP at checkout. 